But first of all, Minister for Health Stephen Donnelly was in Wexford General Hospital last Friday. I got an opportunity to meet him and focus mainly in on local issues and here's what happened. Building out the capacity of the hospitals, building out the services for the communities they serve. Uh, Wexford is, is very much at the forefront of that. Um, there's ambitious plans in place, as your listeners will be aware, for a new MRI machine. And I was delighted to be able to allocate €100,000 this year to get moving on that MRI machine. It's, it's very important. Actually, this morning I was in St. Luke's in Kilkenny and they've just finished their build and they're currently staffing it out. And it's fantastic to see. And uh, I want to see the same here Secondly, as well, obviously, we need not only uh, more beds, but we need new beds. We need to move from the uh, traditional Nightingale wards where we might have a lot of patients with a lot of very different needs um, all in the same same ward to a new model of care where there's single rooms, there's en-suites, and it's just done in a way that works much better for the patient. There is a, uh, an application in from Wexford General Hospital for a new 96-bed ward. Um, and again, we are putting funding in the capital plan for this year to get moving uh, on the design and planning. And actually, I've just come from outside with the hospital manager where we were looking at the site where they'd like to see that happen. So really, I'm in Wexford today to meet the clinicians, to meet the incredible staff here in Wexford General Hospital, to talk about the plans for the future and also very important things that are happening now. So in the last few days, for example, um, we've allocated around €400,000 to uh, refurbish the maternity suites here. And this is really important. It's part of the national maternity strategy, which is all about giving women choice, um, giving mums choice and having... Um, birthing facilities and, and, and labour wards that really are modern and fit for purpose. So uh, I'm very keen to talk to the team here, talk to the, the, the women's healthcare team as well. Mm-hmm. You'll be aware that we're rolling out a national network of what are called see and treat gynaecology clinics. We're rolling out 20 of them here in Wexford. This is, this is the site for one of the 20. And again, it's about um, making sure we have modern uh, healthcare services that work for patients, in this case that work uh, work for women and critically Alan, I know it's something you've talked about on your show a long time, the waiting lists, getting the waiting list down so people get access to care when they need it. I want to look at a, a number of key issues with you and I brought a question from the general practitioners from Dr William Lynch who's played an absolute blinder for us as our go-to man during COVID-19. He says Wexford general practice is in crisis patients cannot access appointments in a timely way because there is simply not enough GPs and those that remain are under unsustainable pressure long before COVID. How do you plan on reforming and supporting general practice? There's a lot of things already happening. So there's there is a very significant amount of money is being put into general practice uh, at the moment. One of the big things that G- GPs are taking the lead on is chronic disease management in the community. Over the last number of years, we have more than doubled the number of GP training places because the doctor that you've just quoted is exactly right. We don't have enough GPs. And while in some parts of the country, um, it, it getting access to a GP isn't a problem in many parts and indeed here in parts of Wexford as well. It is. Indeed, there's about 1% now of the uh, GMS uh, GP lists that aren't allocated. I think it's about 32 uh, lists, GMS lists around the country and two of those are in Wexford and it's something I'm very keen uh, that we get fixed because people who, who have a medical card, they do of course, they need, they need access to a GP who can see them uh, quickly. 
Another area of major concern is mental health services here, Minister, and some of your predecessors I've spoken to about this. It's a huge issue in County Wexford and in other counties as well. At the moment, we have a crisis here in mental health. What are you doing to tackle it? And are you aware of it? We, a lot of it is relying on voluntary groups, like It's Good to Talk, It's Talk to Tom, um, Pieta House and Wexford Marine Watch. And yet we don't have our own fit for unit, uh, fit for purpose unit here in County Wexford. Can that be addressed? It, it can be addressed and it, and, and it must be addressed, Alan, because there was, a, there was a deficit in terms of mental health services before COVID arrived, as we're all aware of. We have some incredible people working in mental health services, as you rightly say, not only in the HSC, but also in the voluntary sector as well, in the, not for, in the, in the not-for-profit sector. But we're all aware that there are cases where there are children or young adults um, who need access and sometimes they need access very quickly and they haven't been able to get that. And that was before COVID. Mm-hmm. Now, COVID has brought in an, a, a, a lot of additional pressure on the system as well. The healthcare system obviously is under more pressure, but but the last two years um, has has led to an increase in demand. And, and unfortunately, we, we have seen a rise in some particular areas that are very concerning. So what are we doing about it? Mary Butler is the is the Minister for Mental Health. Um, she's, a, she's a passionate advocate. She's working very hard in it. Really, it's about resources. We need more psychiatrists. We need more psychologists. We need more of the support around them. We need to we need to be funding more beds. Um, we need to be uh, funding the the voluntary groups and and the community based groups as well. So this year has seen uh, the biggest mental health budget. Um, in the history of the state, which is important and really what myself and Minister Butler are doing is working on turning that into tangible improvements for people. What do we mean by that? We mean more staff, more psychologists, more psychiatrists, so that so that again, children, adolescents uh, and adults can get the care quicker than they're getting it right now. I mean, it was Fine Gael Deputy Paul Kyo uh, talked to me about this many years ago about the need for a nine-bed unit here in Wexford. Is that something you can look at? Because at the moment, if someone is not feeling well and they end up having to seek help, they'll go to one of these voluntary services. They may well be sent to Waterford. And then shortly after that, they could be released. Or even worse, Minister, we could have young people in these adult situations, which is not the scenario that anyone wants to see for any of us, for any of our children. Well, well, this is it, and it's certainly a conversation that Minister Butler and I uh, can have. And I think, as you quite rightly say, what we have to avoid, and it is still happening, unfortunately, is that uh, uh, adolescents and sometimes children who have uh, very serious episodes and who need care very quickly, if they can't get the specialist child and adolescent mental health care, unfortunately, one of the, the, the places of last resort is actually to send them in to an emergency department to try and get that care. And that really is not a system uh, that we have. It's something that we need to we need to move away from. Are you telling me that today, as you, you head from here, that you will look into this to see if there's a possibility of us getting our own standalone unit? Look, I'd be, I'd be, I can't make any commitments, obviously, but I, what I certainly can commit to is that I'll, I'll sit down with Minister Butler uh, and look at it within the national uh, within the national framework within the national strategy. In the general statement you gave me at the start, here you mentioned a couple of issues. Gynaecology was one of them. Another deputy, Sinn Féin's Johnny Mythen, brought uh, to our attention over I think it was twelve hundred Wexford women waiting on on these services here. Is that now being addressed? Will it be addressed by what you've just said to me? This is one of our big focuses. So, as your listeners will be aware, 
I've lo- I've brought together a, a team of experts from the department, from the HSC, and we've created a waiting list task force. I've allocated 350 million euro to it this year, so it's an unprecedented amount of money. And for exactly this reason, in gynaecology and in so many other services, um, people are simply waiting too long. They were waiting too long before COVID, and they're waiting longer now. Now, you specifically are talking about gynaecology waiting lists, which in some parts of the country are some of our our worst. So what are we doing? Um, in Wexford General Hospital this year, we are opening a what is called a see and treat ambulatory gynaecology clinic, right? It's believed that um, about 70% of gynae issues would be able to be uh, dealt with through these clinics. Now, just very briefly to to explain how it works. At the moment, um, if a woman is referred from her GP to a specialist, to a gynaecologist, she might have to go to four different uh, appointments, often in different places. They might, so there will be a a referral for a gynaecologist. They have to wait some time for that. Then they may be referred for diagnostics, for scans. They may have to wait for that and get them somewhere else. Then they've got to go back to the specialist with those for further assessment and then they may be they may be uh, scheduled for a procedure right that period i was talking to the team in galway recently they said that whole process uh, for women in galway was taken between six months and two years that can all now be done in a matter of hours in one morning or one afternoon ambulance service paramedics it's often a situation in county wexford where somebody could have could literally be in a stone's throw of this hospital and the ambulance may have to come from kilkenny is that something you're aware of are you conscious of what are you doing to tackle it so yes, I am aware of it, and and we are investing. So last year and this year, we've we've invested about nine ten million euro per year, um, extra in the national ambulance service. Now I've met. There's a new chief executive of the national ambulance service. He's very aware of it, and the and and the truth is, Alan. We need to be investing more in capital. We need to be investing more in the ambulance fleet as well. But it's much more than that. So there's a lot of our ambulance crews, for example, are in. Um, locations that really aren't fit for purpose to be asking them to to be asking them to stay in. So we have to invest in the crews. We have to invest in the in the depots and the places they can be deployed from. What I will say is our national ambulance service have been absolutely extraordinary through COVID. Not only have they had to do all of their own, their, their own work, but any time we needed pop-up testing and tracing, pop-up vaccinations, the first people who were always there were the National Ambulance Service. I want to pay huge credit and tribute to our National Ambulance Service, the women and men who work in the service, and say to all of your listeners in Wexford, they need to know that if they get sick, if they have a ser- if they have a if if they have a stroke or if they have a heart attack or if they have some sort of a, a fall, they need to know that these these advanced clinicians can get to them quickly and we're investing an unprecedented money. The, the MRI, you, you, you talked about that. What's the the latest update on that? And of course, the work of Friends of Wexford General Hospital and the funds they raised, that now is very much set in stone, isn't it? Yeah, let's pay pay tribute to the Friends of Wexford uh, General. They've done fantastic work, haven't they, with the, with the fundraising. Um, this is an issue that um, Deputy James Brown, Deputy Paul Keogh, uh, 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 have been raising with me on an ongoing basis. And so this year, I'm delighted to say we've allocated €100,000. It's for the planning and design phase um, and we need this MRI in place. And as I was saying to you at the start of the interview, I've just come from Kilkenny where they've, they've literally just opened theirs. It's a state-of-the-art facility. Uh, it's a modern facility, both for patients in the hospital and people coming in. That's what we all want to see uh, here in Wexford. And when will that be in place, do you think? 
I, I haven't got an exact time frame. I think it'll it'll depend partly on the design and planning, but I know the team here have thought this through very carefully. They know exactly where they want it to go and the HSC know how to put these put these things in place. But this year critically it's about the detailed design and the planning and then we fund it through we fund it through the next few budgets to get it up and running. Cast Lab in two thousand and eighteen I did a documentary here with Dr. Aidan Buckley. I spent a day with him and we ended up in Waterford at a five uh, minutes to five an emergency case came in from Tipperary himself and his uh, colleague worked on that case um, through the goodness of their heart what's the position with 24-7 care with Cast Labs the development of the Cast Lab in Waterford can you update me on that please? So we, we have good news on that as you'll be aware the second Cath Lab uh, is being built out so we'll, so the, the main ask from the cardiologist was they needed two cath labs so that they could do the emergency work and then they could do the scheduled work both in terms of diagnostics uh, and the planned interventions mm. um, the HSE is now hiring the teams they're hiring the cardiologists they're hiring the nurses um, and they're looking at uh, expanding the services we wanted to move first I, th- I believe it was 9 to 5 uh, we wanted to move 8 to 8 uh, now that is going to happen. It is a. It is a. It is slightly behind COVID, as you'll be aware, has kind of knocked everything out. But um, we're moving from eight to eight on that. They're now looking at uh, weekend cover. The second piece then is there's a national cardiology uh, report coming in from Professor Philip Nolan. We'll have that very shortly, uh, and then that will give us a, a, a regional context within which. Uh, the HSE and the and the experts, the doctors, can look to say what is the optimal uh, level of cover that's required, both in terms of diagnostics and intervention, to provide care for people in Wexford, people in the region. Uh, to acknowledge the staff of Wexford General Hospital during the most difficult of times, the frontline workers in Wexford in general, what would you like to say to them? I'd like to say thank you. The country has just been through um, two of the hardest years um, most people will remember. Um, our healthcare workers have been extraordinary. They're heroes. I believe they have represented the absolute best of our nation. And it hasn't been easy for them. Um, they've worked longer hours. They've worked in very stressful situations. Many of them have been sick themselves. Indeed, we've healthcare workers who lost their, who've lost their lives during COVID. Um, it's been very difficult. Uh, and it has meant time away from friends, time away from family, much tougher working conditions, much more stressful conditions. And yet they continue to come to work. I, I want to say thank you to the healthcare workers. And I want to say thank you to your listeners for doing so much Uh, to follow the public health advice and to look out for each other and take care of each other during COVID.